grateful for what the Lord's been doing and uh, grateful that we can just gather. Whether it's cold outside or cold in here or wherever, we can still meet, we can gather, we can worship the Lord. So uh, praise the Lord, you can bundle up, you can snuggle up to the person next to you if you know them and if they like it, and if they don't, then stick to yourself. <laughs> And just enjoy the heat and, and maybe wear an extra jacket if you got to. But uh, anyways, a few announcements here. Um, first of all, we've got a, a little flyer insert in here. Um, there's a benefit that we've been notified about and was asked to sort of publicize um, for Donnie Easter. We've been praying for him for a while. He's been going through a lot of treatments and things for cancer. I believe he works up at the post office. Is that right, Richard? Okay. Um, but Skyview Missionary Baptist is hosting on the 27th of this month from 11 to 3 um some auctions and a benefit for him so they've asked for some cakes pies cookies or things like that to be or any other giving funds to be donated uh and so that way they can go to for all for him but it's got uh, karen hill and her phone number uh for arrangements so if you want to make something or give something to donate or even just some monetary for for that uh, that benefit for donnie um call karen hill 276-733-6439 y'all got that it's right there if you didn't all right um, so that I know that would be a, a certainly a blessing uh, for him and for all that he's gone through. Uh, today there will be a short meeting down uh, front uh, after the morning service for those who signed up for the 2023 Ladies Prayer Advance, or for those who might be thinking of attending. So Miss Cami uh, will be down here with that. Everybody say this morning, hi Cami. All right, there we go. She didn't want me to embarrass her this morning, so there we go. I'll pay for that, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, seniors ministry. Uh, seniors ministry, your balance for funds are due November 27th. That's next Sunday. And then same for men going on the prayer advance. So if you got an issue or question about that for the men's prayer advance, see me. If you got any questions or anything about the art trip, see Danny and Brenda. Um, then this Tuesday will be our midweek service, not Wednesday. So show up Tuesday, not Wednesday. If you show up Wednesday, you're going to have a great service by yourself. All right. But we're going to have service this Tuesday night at 6.30. It's just a sweet service. We have no real time limit, so it might be shorter. It might be a little longer. It's kind of up to us, I guess, or up to the Lord. But we're going to have a time of devotion and then as well have a time where everyone can just, if they feel led to, just to share a, a time of thanksgiving, a, a praise of what God's done. It's always a sweet time just to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? And so we ought to do just that. Um, then as well, Saturday, December 3rd, the ladies' ministry will be having brunch and a gift exchange uh, at the Draper Mercantile, I believe the sign-up sheet is still in the back, and they asked for a $5 gift exchange, so you guys will have some fun there. And uh, if you got any questions, see Miss Llewellyn about that. And then Christmas in Kentucky, the firm deadline for the return of the filled boxes to the church is November the 27th. That's na next weekend, and I think we've got 57 boxes out there that haven't been returned. So return them. Filled up, right? If you haven't filled them up, fill them up, then return them. Maybe, maybe emphasize that. But if you do have questions about it, there are some flyers in the back that tell you what to fill them up with. So this is the last week for it because they need to get delivered and get dropped off and everything, all right? But we know that it's been a, um, it's a blessing for us to be able to do that sort of thing. It's a reminder of how good we have it, and it's always a blessing to, uh, to, to give. And so if you can, remember that. Next Sunday is a due date for these boxes. If you have it, turn it in, please, and thank you, all right? Well, those are all the announcements I got for this morning, so I'm going to pray for us. It's good to have Miss Joanne back and uh, to tickle the keys for us and, and uh, to play. And so here in just a moment, we'll all stand, and uh, we're going to worship the Lord this week. Amen. I don't, I don't know what you're going through this week. I don't know how you're feeling, if you're sick or, or whatever it might be, but we're going, to, we're going to stand, we're going to sing to our God and how good He is and how faithful He is. All right. 
so let's pray this morning. Lord God, we, we ask you today as we come before you, we just want to simply thank you first and foremost, uh, Lord, how good you are that we can come into this warm place. We can come here with, with freedom and liberty to hear your word, to gather and to sing openly. And, and Lord, to lift up our hearts and worship to you. I pray, O oh God, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth today, uh, that your word would touch every heart. Lord, if there's someone who needs to be saved, I pray that you would save them. If there's someone who needs conviction, convict them. If there's someone who needs encouragement, encourage us. Lord, whatever the need might be, we know that you're able to meet it, Lord. You're able to do much more than need it, Lord. You're able to give uh, and, and to give and to give. And, and Lord, your grace is what is needed today, Lord. We need your presence. We ask for your power as your word is preached. We pray that today that you would draw us in unity of your spirit. And God, that today as we are approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas, Lord, that we would be truly grateful in our hearts, that we would be focused upon Christ, Lord, not just during these holidays, but, but Lord, truly every day and every moment, Lord, that today as we gather, as we sing, as, as your word goes forth, as we fellowship with one another, Lord, in all these different ministries and things, Lord, that Christ would get the glory and the honor, and Lord, that his name would be high and lifted up, and that it would draw souls to him. Lord, we just thank you for meeting with us now. We pray uh, that you would be glorified now as we sing to you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's given us another day. Well, we'd like to start out this morning by making our piano player, Miss Joanne Gilliam, feel welcome. So give her a nice round of applause. And uh, very humbly and emotionally, she said to thank all of you, all of you, for prayers and for cards and for calls. So she meant that from the bottom of my heart, I can tell you. So thank y'all all on her behalf. Thank y'all. So now, let's stand and let's begin our worship in song and singing as we lift our voices unto the Lord because he is worthy. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven tells us, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he's the only way. Victory in Jesus. Amen. I've heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me His precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me so with made the 
walk again and cause the blind to see and then I cried dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory my outlook on life singing that song I hope it does you too next song is praise him praise him because he is worthy Revelation 5 9 tells us and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and he's worthy of praise for doing all that amen praise him praise him praise him praise him jesus our blessed redeemer sing the word his wonderful love proclaim
Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, for our sins He suffered and bled and died. He, our rock, our hope of eternal salvation, hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows, Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. him praise him ever 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 in joyful song our next song is more precious than silver psalm 16 2 says O my soul thou hast said unto the lord thou art my lord my goodness extended not to thee more precious than silver our lord beautiful song just ain't long enough Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than Sure, all of us have a little silver and a 
a little gold. Some of you are fortunate enough to have diamonds, not me, of course. But, <laughs> but it's nothing more precious than Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to give you an opportunity to smile, to shake hands, to say hello, and to welcome each and every one of us here today. I'm glad that everybody's here today. Hello to everybody. <laughs> Did I do okay, Miss Joanne? Huh? It means a whole lot. I've been there, done it. Okay, beautiful to see some fellowship out there. If y'all all would, and if you can, make your way back to your seat. And we'll have a little special music now by our brother Tony Hicks. So, brother Tony, you come on. Thank you. Award just for you. Good morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, ain't it? Um, I was thinking, uh, what what would be a good song to sing for Thanksgiving? What am I what am I most thankful for? And the uh, Lord brought this song to my attention when I surveyed the wondrous cross. And uh, it's the it's the number one thing as Christians we have to be thankful for. It's the reason. It's the reason I'm not drunk anymore. It's the reason why I'm saved more than anything. It's the reason that sinners are reconciled to a holy and righteous God. And uh, if you if you know the words, hop in there and sing along with me. I need all the help I can get. Amen. Survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain I count but lost and poured content on. things 
that charmed me most I sacrificed them to thy blood See from his head his hands his feet sorrow and love flow me go down dear ere such love and sorrow me or thorns compose some rich sing this first verse with me. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss. And poor contempt on all my pride. Tony, that was a blessing. Anyway, uh, please stand as we sing our next song, Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. 
He is our only hope for eternal life. And Colossians 1.27 tells us, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's us, by the way. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ our hope in life and death. Please stand if you're not already and if you're able. Christ our hope. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to Him belong? Who holds our days within His hands? What comes apart from His command?
seated and now we'll go to the Lord in prayer and because uh, I missed it there a minute ago I sung that song <laughs> before I was supposed to pray but Lord forgive me and uh, y'all forgive me too so let's bow our head and close our eyes and talk to the most high God dear Father in heaven we thank you Lord for the privilege and honor to be Lord in this assembly Lord and uh, thank you for this place we can get in out of the cold Lord and uh, and assemble together and worship and fellowship around you and your word and with one another. Lord, we just thank you for such a blessing, and we praise you for your goodness. Lord, we ask now you'd help our pastor come preach, and, and Lord, share the word of God, your word, Lord, and your message that you've given him to your people, to the, to the sheep of the pasture, Lord, to this flock. And Lord, help us to be attentive, uh, Lord, give us uh, ears to hear and eyes to see the great things, Lord, you have coming from the preaching and from your word here just now. We love you and thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all things. Amen. Well, what a great day to worship the Lord. Any day is a great day to worship the Lord, but when you can gather together as the saints of God, as the local body comes together, uh, this is just a picture of what heaven's going to be like, y'all. I hope you're ready for it, first of all, but I hope you're longing and looking forward to it. I can't imagine the sound of heaven. People think it's just going to be maybe some sort of silent, solemn worship church service or something, all liturgical and whatnot. I believe the noise will be overwhelming. But it won't be some just ecstatic utterance. It won't be some sort of wild party. It won't be any of those things. It's going to be pure, unadulterated worship. That's what our life should look like now, but that's what that day is going to look like. And I don't know much, but I know that Christ is going to be there. I know that if you're in Christ, you'll be there too. And we'll see our Savior face to face. The very one who died upon that cross that was sung about. And I hope that today that you have surveyed that wondrous cross. I hope that you've looked at that cross not merely as some sort of decoration that looks pretty, but I hope that you've seen its ruggedness, its cruelty, the wrath and the blood stained there of where Christ, our Savior, was held there by His love and by our sins, that He willingly bled and died for your sins and mine, that He who knew no sin became sin itself. The One who was perfect and holy and righteous was declared guilty so that you and I could be declared not guilty. That He there upon that cross, that His Father Himself made Him to be a curse for us. The very wrath of God over your sinfulness and over mine, Jesus took. He took our sins and every ordinance against us and nailed it to His cross, blotting His handwriting of ordinance against us to give us forgiveness of sins, to give us the ability to sing what we've just sung, which is, now and ever we confess Christ our hope and life in death. Take your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4 this morning. Well, today the perfect illustration of thanksgiving was being worn by Brother Tony today. <laughs> All he's missing on that thing, I think, is a cornucopia, and he might have one of those on there. If that don't say thanksgiving, I don't know what does, but today we're going to look at this. 
Today, if I were to ask here, all of y'all are spiritual enough, or at least somewhat spiritual enough to at least say, if I was to ask, are you grateful for God today? All of us would say, Amen. Absolutely. And then about half of us wouldn't be near as grateful as we're supposed to be. And that's me included. The Lord has chased me this week, and so today, if this message is not for you, well, then it's for me, and you just sit along and listen, all right? But today we're going to see what it means to have a thankful heart. What a thankful heart truly looks like. I would love to say that I'm thankful to my Lord for all things at all times, but to be honest, I'm not. If I can be real with you and, and you real with yourself and maybe with me and with the Lord this morning, this very week, I haven't been thankful like I should. I went from the high of last week where we had baptisms and a salvation to then Monday morning, the world is over, I may as well up and quit. Y'all ever been there? All right. Good, because we're human, ain't we? That's right. I'm no different than you. Still just as flesh and blood and just as sinful. The Lord's brought me to this place in this chapter here, and it's a familiar passage. We're going to be looking at verses 4 through 7 today. Here Paul is writing and finishing up his letter, and he's writing, by the way, from jail. He's not writing from a cushioned pew. He's not writing from a beautiful study with, with bookshelves. and No, he, he's writing from chains and shackles. He's writing from a place of persecution and suffering for Christ's sake. And here, what he's able to do is to have a thankful heart through it. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Let's read that one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, right there is normally the time that every preacher adds in that cliche if the Lord said it once, it's important. If he said it twice, you know it's real important. But it's true. Rejoice, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord God, we want to thank You for this day. We want to thank You that we can sing, we can worship You, we can praise You, we can gather together uh, as Your people, Lord. God, I pray that You would help me now, that You would rid my heart and my mind of, of anything that would distract or anything that would, would hinder. God, I pray that You would give freedom and liberty to preach Your Word, and Lord, that You would give a freedom and a liberty to each person, including myself today, as we hear Your Word, Lord God, that our hearts and our minds would be open, that our hearts would receive it, uh, the truth of Your Word by faith, and that Your Spirit would apply it to our hearts, God, that we would live and walk in the truth, that we would live and walk in Christ. Lord, we just thank You for meeting with us, and I pray that now uh, that You would go forth and accomplish a great things today, and that You would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We often talk about Thanksgiving once a year, and that's at Thanksgiving. And with Thanksgiving, much like Christmas, it's been so commercialized, right? We've got crazy-looking shirts with turkeys on it. We've got decorations galore. <laughs> Amen. We, we've got all kinds of stuff, right? We think about the commercialization, even of the fact that I know Thursday morning, you know what I'm going to do the first thing? I'm probably going to wake up, and I'm going to turn on the TV so I can watch some crazy people out in the cold in New York City walk up and down block after block after block and carry these giant balloons that look like this as they're going down the street. And we're going to 
celebrate all these things with Thanksgiving. We're going to eat a bunch of food and then come Friday morning, we're going to wake up early and we're going to go shop till we drop and forget all about being thankful. And then, why are we shopping? For Christmas, after all, right? Boy, we've made such a mess of every holiday and, and truly every day. Thanksgiving, Christmas, the whole nine yards, every day should be a day of Thanksgiving. If the only time that you're thankful is when you get to have turkey at your house, you, you should, one, probably buy more turkey, and two, you should be more thankful. Having an attitude of gratitude is something that should mark every believer, but notice this, it is the choice of every believer. You have the choice today to be thankful or not. That's up to you. If you're thankful, don't, if you're thankful or unthankful today, do not look uh, for, for this to be some sort of magic potion or magic thing to, well, either, either God has made you thankful or given you a thankful heart or not. I want you to know this. You have the choice today to thank God or not. This is, the ball's in your court. Either you will be thankful or you will be unthankful. You will either be grateful or ungrateful. And I can tell you this, there will be no in-between. What happens to us, though, is we ping-pong our way and ricochet our way from one to the other. We go from the high of a wonderful Sunday in God's house to then the unthankful heart of a Monday through Friday. We must be thankful, if anything. Richard Sibbs, who was a Puritan writer, he was often called the, uh, the, the honeycomb uh, Puritan. That the, the honey just sort of dripped from his mouth, if you will. But this idea is what he says is this about thankfulness and gratefulness. He says, the whole life of a Christian should be nothing but praises and thanks to God. We should neither eat nor sleep, but eat to God and sleep to God and work to God and talk to God and do all to His glory and praise. Every day should be thanksgiving. Now, the food, we'd be, we'd be this wide if it was, but every day should be just as thankful. Every day we should be grateful because if you are saved today, you are more richly blessed than anyone or anything in this world. You have been forgiven of your sins your sins will never be held against you any longer. Now you have a position that you are dead, buried, and risen with Christ and hidden in God that you now belong to Him. You now have a new master. You now have a new Savior. You now have a new one who is not just master and Savior and Lord of lords and King of kings, but He is your very friend. He is one that shepherds your soul, that holds you fast, that, that uh, clings to you even when you don't cling to Him. He's the one that keeps you safe and secure and provides Every very breath that you breathe is not because you are healthy. It is because God is merciful. Every breath and every beat of our heart comes from the Lord. You might say, well, it's because the doctor said my, my heart's doing well or I had that surgery and so now I'm doing well. It is because of the Lord's mercies that there is not just a new day, but a new breath. The reason why we're unthankful is because we think that we provide much more than what we do. We provide a whole lot of problems in our life. We pr provide a whole lot of griefs and issues and troubles. And the reason why is because we don't trust God to do the work in our life that He said He would do. Did God say He would provide for us? Does He provide? Did God say He would not uh, leave His children forsaken? He said it. Have you been left forsaken by the Lord? No. No, we could never count how good God has been to us. We could never thank Him enough. And if praising God and thanking God sounds boring to you, then it's because you need to look at who God is one more time. Perhaps you need to get back to that cross of which your sins were paid for, not by you or your work, but by Christ. That You might be thankful. 
If you're saved today, you have an eternity of things to be thankful for. If anything, it could be this. I'm not going to hell. This is the closest to those fiery flames that I will ever get. When the, when the darkest night happens and all the lights in my house are off, that is the closest to outer darkness as I will ever get. I ought to be thankful. All of your life should scream thankfulness to God for who He is, not merely what He has done for you. We need to thank God not just for the gift, but for the very fact that He is the giver of all gifts. And everything that God does is a gift of His grace. Every moment of your life Every moment, not just of your saved life, but even your unsaved life, is the very fact that God has kept you by His grace. There's never been a moment where God's grace has not kept you, held you, moved you along, guided you, led you, forgiven you, done a work in you that you can't see. It is His invisible hand that is the most visible in our life. It's always holding us, it is always guiding us, protecting us, moving us along for His purpose and His glory. Our thoughts, words, and actions, though, tell us whether or not, and tell God whether or not we have a thankful heart. We can say today, this morning, as we just all said earlier, we're thankful to God. Now, if we dig a little bit deeper, if we start thinking about our attitude and our actions, as the Lord showed me this week, and maybe just me, the rest of y'all might be much more sanctified than me, but this week I found myself unthankful, dissatisfied, discontent, wanting more. How foolish I am. How unthankful we can be. Our response in all things, through all things, and for all things, according to the Bible, must be thankfulness. There's many things that should mark the life of a believer in our practice and our walk with Him. But if we could boil it down, your joy should be thankful joy. That's the motivation of your joy anyways. Look what Christ did for me. I know how unworthy I am. Look what Christ did. The very fact that we're here this morning, you know why you should be here this morning? Not because your friends are here, not because it's tradition, not because we're, I'm supposed to, because you're thankful to God. The reason why we should worship or make disciples or be discipled or fellowship with other believers or, or reach out to others is because we're thankful for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and for our eternal standing being in Christ forever and forever. And that there's nothing that can take us out of His hand. Today we're going to see four things today in this passage that a thankful heart should be full of. And that's praise, patience, prayer, and peace. You see, an unthankful believer should be a contradiction. We shouldn't be unthankful for a moment or in anything. But that we are grateful to God in all things, for all things, through all things. First thing that we're going to look at today in verse 4 that marks a, a thankful heart is a thankful heart of praise. One of the first telltale signs that you are thankful to God is that you can praise God. If you can't praise God, you're not thankful. And if you can't praise God, it's because you probably don't know Him. If we know Christ and we are in Christ, our lips should never cease to praise Him or thank Him. Our life should never cease to praise Him and thank Him and to live for Him. 
the most simple act that every believer can do. You say, well, I'm not that talented. I'm not that gifted. I don't have much to give to the church. I don't have much to offer. I don't have these talents and gifts to, to do for God. I, I can't go out. I'm not a missionary. I'm, I'm unable. You know, maybe I'm older. Whatever it might be. Maybe I'm poor, wretched, blind, and needy. Well, perfect. That's just who God can use because the greatest of things that you and I could ever do is simply praise the Lord. It shows our thankful heart and the fact that we can't worship. If we're ashamed to sing loudly, you know why? It's because you're unthankful, not because you've got a bad voice. We're unthankful to the Lord when we don't give our all in worship, when we don't give our all in our devotion life and our walk with Him. It shows our real heart that our real attitude, if we were truly grateful and thankful, you know what you would do? You'd read your Bible, you'd pray, you'd witness. And the reason why we don't do those things is because we have yet to truly grapple and wrestle with the great work of which Christ has done in us and for us. Gratitude truly is the only response. A life of praise is the only response of which we should live. Your worship life is the direct result of how thankful you are to God. Thankfulness is the root and worship is the fruit. If you struggle in your life of worship, perhaps you should go back, sit down, get alone with God, block out the world, get a notebook, get a pen, and start writing down everything that God has done for you. This morning, if I gave every person one of these sticky notes, right, and said, I want you to write down everything today that God's done for you, some of us would struggle to fill up half of the front. The reason why we'd struggle with that is because unthankfulness. We're seeing things that as if we did it. God, God provided your job. God provided your breath to work your job, the strength to work your job. God provided the, the bank to have that direct deposit. Now God provided every single thing. And until we get to the place where we realize how dependent we are upon God, we'll never truly be thankful. We have got to see that thankfulness at its very root is to worship the Lord for who He is and all that He's done here. Notice he says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again, I say rejoice. We talked about it a minute ago that it's two times here to rejoice. This isn't in the imperative. This is a command. This is not just a command, but an invitation to worship God that you and, and all of your unholiness, all of your unrighteousness may now freely by the grace of Christ, by His death, burial, His resurrection, by His blood, that we can now approach the throne of the Most High God, of the Most Holy One, of the Holy One, of holiness itself, and that we can talk to Him, that we can praise Him, and that one day you and I can see God face to face and thank Him for what He has done forever and forever. To Him be glory and honor and strength and power forever and forever. To rejoice is not an option. Some of the most miserable people that I know in this life claim to know Christ. It should never be so. I, I tell you what, I've got the cure for your misery. Thank God. I've got the cure for every ailment. Thank God. We, we, God has given us the cure. And it's to simply to look to Him. Because when we look to our circumstances, when we look to our flesh, when we look to the news, when we look to anything else other than Christ, you know what will happen? We might be helped for all of a moment, but it is only Christ 
who can lead us to the place of verse 7 where we have peace. It is only Christ who can give us strength in these days. And the more that we thank God, the more I find that we become more satisfied and content. The more that we begin to long for heaven, the more that we begin to be used of God. Notice this. If you're unthankful today, you will probably not be used of God. You say, well, why so? Why would God use an unthankful heathen like you? The more we thank God, the more we make ourselves available to God. The more that we praise Him, the more available that we become because we find that we are dependent upon Him and that God would desire to use us because He is uh, gracious and merciful and kind. Not because we earned it, deserved it, or have sort of come on His radar and He goes, oh, you know, they're pretty good. I want to use them. I want to maybe use them, you know, maybe not them. The more that we thank God, the more that we are there as a tool and a vessel fit for God's hands to use in this world to see souls saved and lives changed. God would love nothing more than, if anything, to use each one of us in this place, in this community, in your very life. But the only way I believe that we'll find usefulness in God is by having thankfulness to God. Rejoicing in the Lord, though. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I know that this is simple this morning, but notice he does not say to rejoice in your works. He does not say to rejoice in the things that you have. He does not even say to rejoice in the things that God has given you, which is everything, by the way. He says to simply rejoice in Him. And the only way that you will rejoice in Him is, first of all, if you are in Him. Do you have a union with Christ? Have you been born again? Have you come to that place of repentance and faith? If you have, then you can rejoice in Him. But if you are not saved today, you'll never be able to rejoice in Him because you're not in Him. You might have happiness, but you'll never find real joy. You you might find a good day over a bad day, but you'll never find true contentment, true uh, satisfaction, true purpose in this life. Rejoicing in the Lord only comes if your joy is in the Lord. The Apostle Paul here finds himself in prison writing this. And here I want to give you several times in Philippians where he talks about rejoicing and joy. And the two are not separate but the same. Philippians 1, verse 4. Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy. Chapter 1, verse 18. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Notice Paul saying, that's my choice to rejoice. It's his decision there in the middle of difficult circumstances, in the middle of even people who are preaching Christ with wrong motives, he says, I'm still going to praise the Lord anyways. I'm still going to rejoice because Christ's name is going forth, that the power of the gospel is still saving souls, God is still building His church, whether I'm in jail or not. How about then in chapter 1, verse 25, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. When you have faith, there is a joy that naturally comes with it. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a mark of the Christian life. Chapter 2, verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having same love, being of one accord, of one mind. You know what brings joy not only to Paul, but to the Lord Himself, is when His people put themselves aside and gather together as the body and unite themselves together as the body to glorify God that they are like-minded in unity with the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Meaning this, 
If you want to have joy in your life, make Christ the focus. If we want joy restored into this church, make Christ the focus. If you want joy in serving God, make Christ the focus. Not your work, but His. Make Christ the focus, and joy naturally does come. Notice not happiness, joy. I'll take joy over happiness any day. We'll get into that in a moment. Chapter 2, verse 16 through 18, tell us this. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all, for the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. Joy and rejoice. Joy and rejoice. Verse 28. I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again ye may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. We heard that before, haven't we? Rejoice in the Lord. Chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh because there's no rejoicing in the flesh. There's no joy in the flesh. There's only sinfulness, uh, destruction, damnation, and separation from God. For in the Spirit, in Christ, there is rejoicing, there is hope, there is confidence as we sung earlier. That no matter where you're at, no matter what your life looks like today, no matter what you've gone through in the past year, you can rejoice in Christ Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. <coughs> the only way to be stand steadfast, the only way to live this Christian life is through thankfulness, through joy, through rejoicing. Here's what we come to is this. Paul was able to rejoice in the worst of situations. As a matter of fact, it was to come to chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. If you notice then, uh, just over a few verses, over in verse number 12 and 13. And back up to verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What's he talking about in that context of 4.13? Is he saying that if I jump off this platform and I believe really hard and I flap my arms really hard that I can fly? I can do all things, right? <laughs> no. He's saying I can suffer. I can abound. I can be full, I can be empty. And in all those things, I can rejoice because Christ is the one that gives me faith to endure. Christ is the one that allows me to endure. He is my example of enduring. He is my rock, my fortress, my God, my deliverer, the shepherd and bishop of my soul. He is the author and finisher of my faith. He is the one of which I am pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He is the one that He is now running towards. He is the one that sees the end of His life and says that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is Christ that is the focus. It is Christ that is the one that allows Him in the middle of any situation to rejoice 
to rejoice, to have joy, that He can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I would tell you this, that the strength of Christ comes when you begin to rejoice. That though you are weak, though you are frail in your faith, though maybe you've wandered, today if you would find a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude for who Christ is and what He has done, you will find strength for your weary soul. It's a praise away. Turn with me to Psalm 70 today. Here David gives us an example of what Paul was going through there in Philippians. Psalm 70 this morning. Psalm 70 verse 1 through 5. We can read the whole psalm. There's only five verses. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me too. Make haste, O God, to deliver me and make haste to help me, O Lord. Does this sound like a good time in David's life? I'll help you out. No, it don't. Matter of fact, he says, deliver me. Make haste to help me. Does it sound like he's in need? Yes. Does it sound like he's in desperate need? Yes. Things are bad. He says, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion the desire of my hurt. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, aha, aha. He's literally being hunted down, if you will. And David is facing trial after trial and worse trials than you and I have ever faced, let alone will face. Same with Paul. I've never been in prison for Christ. Have you? Never even been on the run for my life like David has at this point. And here's what he says in verse 4. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. And let such as love thy salvation say continually, let God be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God, thou art my help. And my deliverer, O Lord, make no tearing. You want to know what a life of thanksgiving looks like, no matter what trial it is? We go from verse 1, make haste, deliver me, help me. But then we get to verse 4 where he says, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. That there's joy in the midst of sorrow. There's joy in the midst of suffering. And he says, and let such as love thy salvation. Let me ask you, do you love God's salvation? Oh yes, we love the fact that we can be saved to the uttermost and know that we are. We love even the idea of not just a a salvation from our sin, but salvation from circumstances in the sense that it is Christ who still rescues us from the problems and the daily struggle of life. We love it when Jesus comes in to save the day, don't we? We love that part. He says, those that love it continually say and should continually say, let God be magnified. Whether you are abounding or abased, let God be magnified should be the cry of the believer. Let God be magnified should be the cry of your very soul. Even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of prison, even in the midst of the depths of despair or depression or even discontent, and the cure for all the above is to simply get with God and to magnify His name. To magnify God means that no matter how low I am, I could always go lower. And no matter how high I lift His name up, He could always go higher. God's grace is still able to reach down to the depths and to give help to the poor and the needy. And today, like you, myself, I would probably say along with you today that I am poor and needy. And the moment that we find out that we are poor and needy is the moment that we can begin to thank God. Because though I am poor and though I am needy, In Christ, I am rich. In Christ, I am free. And though I am poor and though I am needy, that's exactly who Christ came to save. That's exactly who Christ reaches down and walks with and 
carried the sorrow of such. He says, Thou art my help and my deliverer. Though I'm poor and needy, God is my help. God is my deliverer. Therefore, I will rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, you and I talk about rejoicing, and we can say that we rejoice in the Lord and that we're thankful to the Lord, we're grateful to the Lord, but how about that one little part? Always. All the time. In all things, through all things, for all things. We need to praise the Lord not only when we have that good Sunday, but we need to praise Him when Monday morning sin and doubt comes into your life. We need to not only praise Him when we're on the mountaintop and His glory is all around us, but we need to praise Him in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. Let me ask you today, do you have a thankful heart of praise? I believe firmly that the cure to any spiritual ailment is praising the Lord. I believe that the cure to discontentment and being unsatisfied, even being disconnected to God, I can tell you, I've been there and I've been there this week. I've had days this week. If I can be honest with you, is that all right? I've been here long enough, right? (laughs) Walking my trail. It's my trail. Y'all can walk it too. It's public access, but... Walking my trail with the dog in the mornings. It's my time, even in the cold. I'm crazy, I know. It's my time to listen to songs and hymns and and to talk to God. Talk to God about some of y'all. For some of y'all. For this church, for my own heart. And I can tell you there was a stretch this week, about four days. He was hitting the trees and coming back. Some parts on that trail, there's barbed wire fence that goes by Mohawk. And on the other side that goes to a farm. And I felt like my prayers were surrounded by a barbed wire fence. Unable to go out. Y'all ever been there? And the Lord said, it's going to stay that way until you start praising Because not one time in those four days of silence that felt like a wilderness surrounded by barbed wire fence, not one of those days did I have the freedom to walk and like a crazy person lift up my hands and praise God. Because I was discontent. I was dissatisfied with God. I was dissatisfied with myself because I was dissatisfied with God. I wanted more. I felt I deserved more. Y'all ever been there? I found the only way out of that was to start doing some praising. Lord, thank you for these walking shoes. Thank you, I know how to tie them. I could even double knot them. Thank you, Lord, for my dog. He made me mad. I said like three bad words this week because of him. Thank you for him. Lord, my, my body hurts. The wind's blowing. It's cold. 
but I got a trail to walk and I got gloves and I got a hat and I, and I got a jacket. Lord, I just feel rotten. Lord, I, I don't even really want to walk today. Lord, I can't pray. You know that. I can't even stay focused in, in, in prayer long enough. I, what am I supposed to do? takes me back to the cross and shows me an eternity of things to thank Him for. And those things aren't in a bank account and those things can't even be seen today. The eternity of things that you can thank God for. Found right there. I found that this week the reason why I was discontent and dissatisfied after seeing a soul saved and people baptized, you say, preacher, how can you do it? I'll tell you why. I took one step too many past the shadow of the cross. And the further you are from the cross, the more dissatisfied you become, the more discontent and disconnected you become from God and God's people. And you put yourself on an island and go, God, how... Why am I I on an island? Why do I feel like a prison? Because I'm unthankful. And I'm far from the cross. He tells us here plainly to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The best way to be thankful is to start to be thankful. The best way to praise the Lord is to just praise the Lord. The best way to worship is just to start worshiping. Well, Harry Ironside told us this. We would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontentment and dissatisfaction. I find this in my life this week, and maybe you will too today if this is you. When you're dissatisfied, you're disconnected, just nothing's right, you feel about as spiritual as a rock and even the rocks can cry out louder than you can? The answer is found getting back to that cross. Lifting up those hands. And if need be, getting on those knees. Thanking God for every moment. Every breath, every beat of your heart, every thought, everything that, even thanking for everything that makes you discontent. The thing that will kill your Christian walk is unthankfulness. But the thing that will kill unthankfulness and sin in your life is to be thankful. Today, I, I got, there's three more points, and we're just not going to get them today, and that's okay. But today, I tell you this there will be no peace of God. Passing all understanding without rejoicing. There will be no I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me without rejoicing. This same Paul who's now writing to the Philippians was once upon a time in Philippi. He found himself preaching, folks getting saved, and then quickly found himself at the bottom of the jail of Philippi. That's a rough day. And you know what he did in that jail? 
He praised God. You know what God did? Broke the bars. I can tell you this. If you feel like you've got bars in your life and your Christian walk today, and you go, Lord, I don't know what to do. Just do what old Paul did. Just start praising. Those jail cells begin to open up. Your heart and your mind begins to open up. And once more, your vision that was cloudy, your ears that were stopped up, and your heart that was hardened sees the cross clearly. And here's the call of your Savior. And with a newfound freshness of life, returns and is able to praise the Lord. Let me ask you today, are you living a life of thankfulness to God? Have you grown discontent or dissatisfied to be disconnected to God and to His people? I have. Come to Christ. Simply praise Him today. You find your thankfulness again and you'll find contentment again. You find your thankfulness again, you'll find your satisfaction again. You find thankfulness again and you'll find your connection and communion with God and His people again. But today, you have the choice. What will you do? Let's all stand this morning. This altar is going to be open. We're going to sing a hymn, invitation. And before anybody even sings a word or hymn book's even open, this altar's open. If you need to, to come and get right with the Lord, come and get right with the Lord. Maybe you just want to come today and just simply thank Him and praise Him for who He is and what He's done. Maybe you just want to get alone and just say, Lord, help me to be thankful today. Help me to be thankful this week. No matter what the need might be today, this altar is open. Would you come today? May we be a thankful people. What hymn number are we singing, brother? Hymn number 489. While this hymn, while we sing, would you come today?
Amen. Hope it's been good for you being in the house of the Lord today. Uh, grateful for each one of you. I want to remind you there's a, a quick ladies' meeting at Radford Church right down here in the front. And as well tonight, there'll be Bible study and membership class as well. I'm going to ask you, Brother Stephen, would dismiss us in prayer. And y'all have a blessed day. Stay warm.